Hey guys, I'm Yuzuha Oka, and you're listening to Food for Thought. This is not your ordinary food show. The podcast features various food entrepreneurs and issues around food. This first episode focuses on the people behind the cheap Asian takeaways. In Australia, there are some restaurants which hire students below the minimum wage. And it is actually the fellow Asians who are exploiting the Asian students. So here's Daniel Nguyen from Vietnam who came to Melbourne to study commerce at Deakin University. I began to search for a thousand workplace, but mainly uh, restaurant and bakery shop because I had the working experience in Vietnam before. Um, however, um, after hundreds of heaps of applications, I just received a couple calls, uh, and one of them are the bakery shop. And when they call me, they just directly to, hey, do you want to begin to work um, by tonight? And then, yeah, sure, I'll be there. Yeah, I begin to I begin my trial for one week. The standard rate at there is eight dollar per hour. However, during the first trial week, you got sixty uh, percent of your salary. When you first started out, did you realize that they are paying below the minimum wage? Not at all. When I first came here, I thought like it's very normal because in the workplace there are many Vietnamese students as well. And when I asked them, they feel satisfied with that rate, and I don't know why. <laughs> My housemate, they are Aussie, so just simply like, uh, hey, what type of job are you doing right now? And I, yeah, I do in the bakery shop. I can bring some bread at home if you want. Okay, cool. Uh, how much do you get paid for that? I got $8 per hour. And she, what? <laughs> it just happened like that. And then I realized that, wow, this is so lower than the minimum wage. The working condition was also problematic. When, when I work at a bakery shop, I have to work in a night shift. Uh, the shift began at 6 p.m. and at 6 a.m. in the following day. Did you have any break at all? I believe not. <laughs> because uh, we have to make a um, huge amount of bread, so we cannot take a break. What type of job did you have to do? The job is typically about making bread. We don't have to serve the customer. Um, however, when I just first begin, I'm in the apprentice position so just assist the baker to bake like um, bring in the flour and um, prepare the material for them however that is the job that requires a lot of human power like um, for example one bag of flour can be about 25 kilo kilogram and for one night we have about 20 of them for the first course <laughs> Now, the first course, we divided into two courses from 6 p.m. to 12 and from 12 to 6. So the first course is about 20 back of them. Workplace exploitation is common among migrant workers. 
and 7-Eleven scandal has drawn the public attention. The coalition in May announced a tenfold increase in employer penalties, as well as a funding boost and increased powers to the workplace watchdog. Although these changes are favorable, migrant work expert Ju Chung Tham from Melbourne Law School says the government has only addressed part of the problem. There are many other issues that need to be dealt with, uh, particularly on the part of migration laws. The provisions of the migration laws that uh, create vulnerability on the part of temporary migrant workers, and they don't seem to be addressed in, in this package. What are some of the examples of the vulnerability posed by these current migration laws? The most important one is really uh, the sort of draconian penalties that apply to visa breaches. So what you have currently under the Migration Act is that if you uh, breached your visa in the course of performing work, uh, that's firstly a criminal offence. So any breach will do. So let's say, for example, you're an international student who's subject to a visa condition of 40 hours a fortnight. If you work for 40 hours and one minute a fortnight, uh, you'll be creating a criminal offence. Um, and secondly, uh, that also enlivens uh, discretion on the part of the immigration department to cancel your visa and therefore deport you. So those um, uh, provisions create a lot of vulnerability as, uh, on the part of workers who've actually breached their visas in the course of working. And, you know, this was especially the case with 7-Eleven. Tham says small family businesses exploiting workers don't get as much media coverage as large corporations like 7-Eleven. Perhaps there are two assumptions at play here, uh, which are not uh, necessarily true assumptions. One is that the view that these small businesses are sort of mom and pop store, mom and dad stores without a lot of significant power. But the important point to make is that they will power over their workers. And the other assumption, which is not necessarily true, in fact, we find it to be patently untrue in many cases, is that, that these small businesses, when they don't comply, it's because of a lack of knowledge. That is, they don't know what the correct you know, wage rates are to be paid and so on and so forth. The evidence suggests is that that is not true in many respects, that businesses actually know what the correct wage rate is, but actually deliberately paying under the legal rate. Sam says more sceptical approach is needed toward employer practice. There's this sort of assumption that, you know, most employees are doing the right thing. I think what we are really discovering to a greater and greater extent is that that's actually not true in many industries. We've got some industries where their business models are based on illegal working arrangements. Many parts of the hospitality industry probably fall into that category. Uh, So do uh, many parts of the cleaning industry and so on and so forth. When we're dealing with that kind of entrenched problem, penalties alone won't do. You actually need to actually change the business model of these uh, employers. You've been listening to Hood for Thought with Yuzuha Oka. Stay tuned for the next episode about Google for food industry.